DJ and PK, it is time to talk NBA free agency with Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Dan, good morning. Hey, how you doing? We're doing well. None of us are going to fall into uh, multi-million dollar deals today, though, so we're a little disappointed by that. What about you? You got anything lined up? You know, you never, you never know. Free agency doesn't open until uh, 6 Eastern, and we'll see what happens. Okay. So uh, what is the number one storyline? Where is the most drama in your mind? Well, you know, you, you can go a couple different ways. Kawhi Leonard probably will stay with the Clippers, but the chance he does anything is so important, right? If he changes teams, it changes the entire league. I'm not sure there's another free agent out there who has that power. So even with the low odds of him moving, uh, you still have to keep an eye on that. Uh, there's a lot of drama around uh, Kyle Lowry. It does seem like a sign and trade to the Heat is likely, but you never know. Uh, nothing is technically allowed to be set yet. A lot of teams are interested in Lowry. Everybody saw that he was attainable, uh, most free agents end up re-signing with their prior team. Uh, and, and so it seems like that wasn't happening with Lowry. So a lot of teams were interested. And, and then the next question is, if that Lowry signing trade to the Heat does happen, how do these other teams pivot? How do the Pelicans pivot? How do the Mavericks pivot? Uh, you know, Where do they go? They've got the money to spend. If they wanted Lowry, who are their plan Bs? Uh, and then how does all that trickle down? What do you think the Jazz could have available to them as far as the mid-level exception? Yeah, so some of this is going to depend on how willing they are to spend it. It does look likely the Jazz will re-sign Mike Conley. Uh, that's going to put the team uh, into the luxury tax. Obviously, the mid-level exception would put them even further into the luxury tax. Uh, you know, I think after trading Derek Favors, Jazz needs some help at center. Uh, I really like Nerlens Noel. I think he's perpetually underrated. Uh, you know, probably available for the mid-level exception. I'm not sure he's the very best fit in Utah, uh, but he would allow the Jazz to have a more versatile defender in some ways uh, behind Rudy Gobert. Um, maybe uh, somebody like Rudy Gay uh, could be a super small ball backup center, a very different option. Obviously, he could play with Rudy Gobert and prove that, that forward depth, too. Somebody like that could make sense. What do you think about uh, Olenek? Yeah, uh, it makes sense fit-wise. Uh, the Jazz are a team trying to win a championship, obviously, and I, I have some questions about uh, if Col- Kelly Olynyk will find matchups where he's a good enough defender in the playoffs. He might just get deep into the playoffs and say, oh, no, like we cannot play Kelly Olynyk," uh, and that would obviously be a disaster. The Jazz need to find somebody who fits best in the playoffs. Uh, that should be the goal. Given the fact that they are so far over the cap and into the tax, and, and we're going under the assumption here of what you said, that Conley resigns here. The Jazz needs someone to take the minutes when Gobert sits, that used to go to favors. But I think after the playoffs, the Jazz feel like, uh, certainly Jazz fans feel like the team needs another wing player. Which one of those is more important? Because when you talk about Nerlens Noel, he doesn't shoot the three. He's just going to play when, when Gobert sets. Some of the other guys you mentioned – yeah, maybe they could provide both in a kind of a small ball matchup. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream. That's why I mentioned Rudy Gobert as somebody, who, or excuse me, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gay, uh, as somebody who could maybe do 
both, but it's hard to find somebody who can do both uh, credibly. Kelly Olynyk is one of those guys who could maybe do both, but I also think might wind up doing neither. Uh, I do think uh, that backup center is probably the bigger thing as long as that player can play in the playoffs. Because when you go bare, he can't play 48 minutes. That's going to be a big hole. I think we've seen with the uh, 76ers, uh, at times, without Joel Embiid, uh, that's when they lose games. Uh, they they've dominated with Joel Embiid on the court in the playoffs, and he sits for a few minutes, and that's why they lose. And you don't want to be in that boat. Uh, the Jazz absolutely could use another wing that would help them a lot in the playoffs. It is a big need that's not that far behind uh, backup center, but you can manage your rotations in ways uh, where that's not a huge liability. Backup center could be a huge liability. So a lot of times the way this free agency works in general is they wait for one or two top dogs to decide fo- uh, and figure out where they're going to go. And then other guys start to see movement after that and get slotted in wherever they might fit in the grand scheme of things. But I'm wondering <clears throat> this year with this Ben Simmons stuff out there, does it make it a little different in terms of teams weren't really sure how everything is going to f- play out? until or if he's traded? Uh, to a degree for certain teams. Like, let's say, uh, I don't know if the Knicks have interest in him in particular. There's Damian Lillard out there, too. Um, where I, I think a team like the Knicks that has a lot of cap space, has some draft assets after the uh, Christoph Porzingis trade. Um, depends what you think of their young players. I think opinions vary on them. Uh but they're going to face some choices where, hey, do we want to keep our flexibility, our assets open, or do we want to try and maximize our team? We just had a good year, made the playoffs for the first time in a while, and uh, you know we ca- they have the cap space to become even better next year. But if you use that cap space, uh, maybe it's on players the 76ers don't want. Maybe it's on players the Trailblazers don't want. Then you muck up your flexibility. So I think there are going to be some select teams that face those decisions. Uh, but for most teams, they – I don't know what you'd do otherwise, right? You can't just wait on the chance of a Damian Lillard trade. It doesn't sound like any Ben Simmons trades are close with what Philly's offering. Uh, you know, if you're a team that thinks, oh, you know, we're right there on Ben Simmons, we just gotta gotta get these negotiations done, then yeah, you'll probably wait on free agents because you don't want to screw it up. I don't think there's that team that's close. The Lakers took their shot with Westbrook. Are you putting them at the top of the West, or is this a horse race and everybody's got a shot coming down the stretch? I think it's pretty open. I'm I'm not a big fan of what Russell Westbrook brings to that team. There are pauses, no question. The Lakers can win the championship. They are a contender. They're in the mix. But the floor spacing uh, with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I don't like it one bit. They have a chance to address it. They can get good shooters around them. Uh, but once you have those three on the court, you can only do so much uh, in those other two slots, especially if Anthony Davis uh, doesn't want to play center. Or, uh, w- w- you know, I do believe uh, he faces greater injury risk at center with all, all the physical pounding at that position. So there's a risk there, right? But if you bring in another center, oh, my goodness, the spacing is going to be be tough. Russell Westbrook uh, does not defend well. Uh, he's very active, uh, but he, his defense isn't actually good. Maybe he'd be better in a better environment. Maybe he'd be more committed. Uh, but we've had a long career of where he's at to know uh, that hasn't happened before. So that seems pretty unlikely to me. But we have LeBron James. We have Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook is very talented, does a lot of good things on the court. Uh, they have a chance. Uh, but I'd probably put a, the Jazz ahead of them in the pecking order. 
How much interest do you think Chris Paul is going to get around the league? It should be a ton. I, I hear some of these uh, contract numbers floated from three years, $90 million, three years, $100 million. And I'm wondering, like, why isn't the team offering more? Uh, why isn't there pressure on Phoenix to offer the very most uh, they can offer? You know, he, he's still an excellent player. There's risk about how he ages over his next contract. And once he gets to mid-30, signing a three-year, the Suns could even sign him to a four-year contract. Uh, there's a lot of danger on the back end. But he's so good right now. We saw that last season. I think a lot of teams uh, should want him on their team. And uh, I I don't know why he's not getting even more, even though I I understand he's getting a historic amount for a player his age. So do you see anything that's really changing the balance of power in the West that is either has happened or is about to happen, or are we going to have a similar storyline to what we had this past year? And it's going to feel wide open. Feel pretty open. Uh, you know, <laughs> balance of power. Uh, one of the biggest things that's happened is Ka- Kawhi Leonard getting hurt. We still don't know many details of how long he'll be out. That type of injury can vary. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get those types of details. Uh, but that, you know, obviously changes whether the Clippers are probably, in my mind, the top uh, championship contender in the West or whether they're not really in championship contention. So, so that's a pretty big swing there. Uh, but because these top teams in the West have already uh, used so much of their flexibility, their rosters seem fairly set. I think otherwise it's headed that way unless something crazy happens with Chris Paul, uh, but I'm not expecting that. So you're saying you expect the, Sun, uh, the Suns then to get Chris Paul back? I do. That seems most likely at, at this point. Uh, you know, he opted out, uh, so it'd be on a new contract. That's how they'd structure it. Uh, it just seems all the momentum is that way. But he is a free agent. Other teams can get involved. Anything can happen. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not a lock, uh, but I think it's far more likely than not. Is Dallas going to put anyone alongside Luka Doncic that is going to vault them into the top tier with everybody else? So I, I do think they will get there into a championship contender. I guess I'm just kind of assuming they're going to get somebody. I don't think they were that far off uh, last year. They played the Clippers very hard, very well. Uh, Luka Doncic is obviously growing. Like I'm just kind of projecting them uh, taking that next step. So being, I'd say uh, on the lower end of that championship contender tier, uh, I don't know who they're going to get, but they've got so much cap space that I, I just figure they're going to bolster their roster somehow, and they don't need a ton to get to the lower end of championship contention. Uh, you know, They need to strike big to, to really move up there, but just to get in the conversation, they don't need much. And the Clippers obviously are a lot of talk regarding uh, Kawhi Leonard, but they all got. They also have Batum. I'm not sure I'm really sold on him as somebody who can really help your team, but nevertheless, he's out there. What type of interest do you think he'll get throughout the league? I guess I'm a little higher on him uh, than you are. I, I, I like how he plays. Uh, he's a, a smart, unselfish player. Can be- the defend can play on both ends. I think that's a big thing in the playoffs. A lot of times in the playoffs, it becomes about your weakness. Uh, other teams will exploit your weakness. Well, but Tim doesn't really have a weakness. He's a, he's a nice, solid, all-around player. If you're a little stronger, I'd like him a lot for the Jazz, for what we were talking about, somebody who can bridge that gap and be a small ball five and be that forward Utah needs, uh, he wouldn't be the worst option in that role by any means. Uh, if the Jets could get him, uh, I'd like him a lot more than other players that are probably available if you're only spending the mid-level exception or even only a portion 
of the mid-level exception, but a lot of teams will be interested in him because he's that smart, all-around veteran player uh, that fits in anywhere. Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, joining us. So the Warriors, are they going to make any moves, or are we basically looking at the core of who they are? And if so, how well do those pieces fit together? It doesn't sound like they're going to do anything. I don't know what's available to them, so it's always tough to criticize the team for not making a trade. But it seems to me they should probably make a trade. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, uh, at least if he's healthy on Clay Thompson, are really good and they fit amazing together. Team could use more help. These guys are getting older. Their championship window is still open, if only just a crack. To me, you got to do everything you can to maximize that. You don't want to waste a year where Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and maybe Klay Thompson are still in their primes uh, because you have some younger players. It's tough. I don't know what's available to them, and maybe there isn't that trade out there. Uh, but I think they could find something. I don't know how much you follow college basketball, but Baylor won it all last year, obviously, and the Jazz got a player who played a pretty good role for Baylor in this Butler kid. Do you think they found something? I do. I, I like him. Uh, I, I had him rated in the mid-first round. Now, there are some health issues. He got red flagged in the pre-draft process, then cleared. So I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, I do kind of wonder whether that's why he fell or if there's something else in his game that I'm missing. If it's, you know, uh, the health issues, then you never know, right? Teams have more access uh, to to health info than I do, and so can project better there. Uh, but it's hard to imagine he had something where he was cleared, where he wasn't a good bet at number 40. Uh, a, a nice skilled guard. Uh, he can shoot. He can play inside a little. Uh, you know, he, he could fit into the Jazz rotation sooner than later. I, I never want to project rookies for much of a big role. But maybe maybe uh, later in the year, maybe next year, uh, maybe even sooner, right? I mean, some rookies every once in a while uh, exceed expectations. And I think to have a player you get in the second round with even a chance, of cracking the rotation of a championship-caliber team, that's a home-run pick. Well, I think a lot of us are assuming that Mike Conley is going to play 50 to 60 regular season games. If he's got to step into the rotation for 25-ish games, give or take a little bit, can he do that? Maybe. Uh, rookie, rookies tend not to be good. I think people tend to overrate rookies there. They often don't really understand how to contribute to winning at the NBA level. Uh, but again, just to have a chance of that happening with somebody you pick at number 40 uh, is pretty good. Almost every other number 40 pick, you say, well, nope, he's going to need more time uh, to, to help a team as good as Utah. Not happening this year. No way. And so we're, then we're even talking about the possibility. That, that bodes well. Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Dan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me. So free agency, a lot of money spent, but the balance of power only tweaked. No major shocks to it if Kawhi Leonard stays with the Clippers. But in a year where there wasn't much separation, tweaking could be really important. Yeah, but how many times has free agency changed the balance of power? I think you have to include other acquisitions, put it all in the same pot. True story. So it's not just specifically free agency. If you signed a decent player, but you make an important trade... Right, And the thing is that I just don't think there are that many years where we can say there's so many teams bunched so close together all with a chance to win if everything goes right. And everything doesn't go right. Teams get eliminated. Injuries crush you. There's disappointments. Guys don't well, perform. Well, LeBron's gotten older. 
And that is a positive not, for everybody who's not the Lakers. Not that he's any, he may, may not be as productive, but he certainly is very much so as far as productivity I, goes. But if he has an injury, he's probably going to take longer. And you have Anthony Davis, who's brittle. Yes. And I get the the takes on Westbrook, and, and Locke will come on and tell us how inefficient he is, but he provides a lot of energy for a team that may need that. And I get energy. the whole spacing thing. I just wonder how much of the load he can carry and keep the Lakers in games so that LeBron can finish them in the fourth quarter and LeBron doesn't have to carry the load because he's older. Know. He didn't do much in Washington carrying whatever. They didn't win a lot of games. I mean, energy, just drink five Red Bulls for each player there. I mean, <laughs> I want production, PK's, not just energy. PK's halftime talk. <laughs> Red Bulls, let's go! you got to have production. Does he fit? These things are puzzles. I mean, all sports are puzzles, but basketball, well, you can argue, is one of the, if he, not the biggest puzzle piece that you have in terms of making guys fit. And does he fit? That what 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 does he provide as far as three point shooting? Kick not, it out to Westbrook. Yes, right. No, if I'm the right. defense, yes. Don't don't rush out there, guys. He wants to drive by you. Shoot all you uh, want from out there until you prove that you can make it. Easy on that close out there, guys. I mean, I mean, he's a dynamic player, but they already got LeBron James, and he's very dynamic too. And does does the pieces do the pieces fit? It doesn't seem on the surface that this piece is fit. He's a big name, and he's electric, and he's worth watching. He's fun to watch. He plays angry and all that stuff. But does the, the – I don't think that the pieces don't necessarily fit, but do they fit to the point where, well, man, the Lakers are the team to beat? I don't see that. Well, then it's, you circle right back to the pieces fit a lot better if LeBron and AD are healthy and ready to dominate. Yeah, then Westbrook doesn't need to do as much. Right. He's a player. He's not necessarily a big-time player. If those two guys got it going on, well, they're a contender. And until I see otherwise, I haven't seen I, you know, he LeBron's going to be, what, 37? But it's not like I've seen major cracks. The only major cracks I've seen is lack of health, with, and he missed a bunch of games, and obviously Anthony Davis and the team doesn't have enough good players around them. So that's why... As we related to the Jazz, which our listeners care about, that's why you bring back Conley and you try another time. The thing about it, you know, it does make me a little nervous uh, that you you ex- extend him for three years. Where are you in three years? I get that. But at the same time, let's worry about 21, 22. You know, down the road, if it doesn't work, uh, what do you have for it? But you know the team's got to try. You got to do something. You look at the Angels a decade ago. You know signing Albert Pujols. Well, we all knew when Albert Pujols is thirty eight, thirty nine, it's probably not going to work that well. Well, it didn't. Now they didn't really get a whole lot for him. But if you're an Angels fan, don't you like that they tried and and they did something? He was a premier player at the time. And then baseball's different because you could have the best eight-man lineup in the world, and if you don't have enough pitching, what You're difference beat. does it make? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's a different sport in that way. It's almost like two sports within one. Once, once you've watched your team try, and once you've watched your team not try, no matter how frustrating it is if they try and don't get it get done, not trying. Fielding a team that you know is not competitive the day training camp opens is not fun. 
It is not fun at all. So if they're trying, I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar business. You hate to pat people on the back for trying. But sometimes you have to because there are people who aren't trying. And so if they sign Conley to this and in the third year it stinks, I don't know that it necessarily will, well, but just assume, worst case scenario, that it does. Well, what, what are they going to do in the interim? Think you're just going to let them walk? And, you know, Mitchell's going to be a free agent, and we already start that countdown. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because I don't want to just have a cloud. We've got enough clouds today. I don't need another cloud for four friggin' years worrying about what he's going to do. But everybody wants to win. You don't want to be in the Portland situation where you star. Uh, fortunately for them, he's playing it well. He's not demanding anything, at least publicly. But at the same time, you know, you're wasting his time here. He's a premier player, and they're not close to winning. At least this group, I see it, is close. Whether they get it done, probably not. But who knows? Maybe why can why can't you say that they can get it done? I just don't think they're that far. And signing Conley, at least for this season, with risk involved, I think clearly is the right thing to do. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. The top sixty and sixty is back in the Zone Sports Network every day at one thirty. Hans and Scotty are announcing another member of the top sixty players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top sixty and sixty presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on the Zone Sports Network. PK is back. He drove through that mess in Cedar City, and that looked awful. You are returning from Southern California, where you timed a vacation around Pac-12 Media Day, as you often do. And I am curious, after spending a day hobnobbing with the rich and the famous of the Pac-12... And they with me. Did it just reinforce the thoughts you went down there with? Or did you hear something that made you think... Hey, I'm taking this player, this coach, this team a little more seriously. I'm keeping an eye on them. Or conversely, oh my gosh, I had my doubts, but now I know these guys are in trouble. Well, Sun Devils suck, so that's for sure. Uh, one thing. That are you serious here, or are you just being self-deprecating? No, they don't suck. Okay, I mean they're the same team every year. Aren't All right, they? that's what I thought. <laughs> but I just asked you, you got something. Although, and the reason the reason yeah, with ahead. them is because they've got all this swirling stuff about investigation. If you heard something that made you think, oh boy, this really is going to mess up this season. I no. I don't think that in no. the, in the immediacy. I don't know that that's that okay. big of a deal. All right, so that was self-deprecating but throwaway line. Their team is their team, right? I, mean, <laughs> I I don't understand all the angst against. Or all the praise for Herm Edwards. I mean, he's fifteen and thirteen against D one competition. I mean, <laughs> they've been playing five hundred ball for years, and yeah, they're playing five hundred yeah, ball. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but right. one thing that struck me, and we went through all the guys, right, and all the teams, and I researched, uh, like I always do. Probably did a little bit more this year. Uh, circumstances dictated that I speak more, so I felt like I needed to be even more prepared. Uh, but one no. thing that's that I have a th- a thought that I think is might ring true, probably could ring true. We go through all these returners and and these players that we saw glimpses of last year, and how are they going to be? <clears throat> but the one thing that we don't necessarily account for to the level that we should or might, because there's mystery there, is the transfer portal. And how many of these guys are going to come in and make a significant difference? It's hard to judge. Last year at this time, we're all geeked on Bentley. He didn't do much. So now we're geeked on Charlie B. 
All right. Uh, but what do I really know? And Howard's coming over, and I watched him play for UC Los Angeles, and he went to Oklahoma, and now he's a receiver here. And so we get caught up on these big names. And I can remember years ago here in uh, with the Utes, they had a running back from SC who transferred from SC. He's coming here. 2,000 yards, Heisman <laughs> Trophy. And I don't even remember his name. <laughs> uh, was it the kind of slender guy who was here for like seven years? years i don't remember okay <laughs> but he didn't do a whole lot that was a mountain west era move and i'm blanking on uh, his name so my point is we get excited about these teams and we look at coming back but these transfer guys we're not really sure we think we know but we're not sure we're less sure because they're coming in some of them just coming in for one season and then they're going to be gone and so I'm wondering, how much will the transfer portal have a major effect? You look at the University of Arizona, right? And I was, we were down there the other day with Jake Scott, and I was saying every team in this conference has a level of expectation. Now, it's different. Some are different than others. But every team, with the exception of Arizona, should be thinking at least minimally bowl. Every team, every all the 11 other teams, if they don't make a bowl, that will be a disappointment. And to one level, I mean, obviously, if SC doesn't make it, Clay Helton's out the door, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Oregon State and Washington no, State, State at different levels. Right? Yeah, that, that, those would probably be the two biggest reaches in my mind. But that's me sitting here. Inside Colorado, right? Well, Colorado UCLA. had that great start, and it's fool's gold if they go out and but go you're four and eight. Based on last year, I know. And I, last but year, I'm still, hesitant to, they, to make proclamations. I get that, but inside a building, after that, you won games. You expect to yeah, win but games yeah, again. but yet Sam Noyer leaves. He's their quarterback. He's second team All Conference, and he leaves, Huge and he hit. goes to Oregon yep. State. Now Oregon's home for him. And so what does that mean? So Oregon State is getting a transfer. So it works both ways. You get a you can get a transfer, but you can also lose somebody to transfer. You know, and Howard's going to come in here for a receiver, but yet Thompson every year we're looking for him to explode and we're thinking, "All right." And then he leaves and he goes down to Tempe. What's he going to do there? So that's something that the Devils get somebody and the Utes lose somebody, but yet they get another guy to replace him. But how good is he going to be? And you look at Arizona, they had 16 kids transfer out, including their quarterback. But they had nine transfer in. And you get kids from Michigan and Notre Dame, you start thinking, oh, man, they're from there and you're going to come here? Well, surely you'll be able to play. I don't think Arizona is going to go 0-12. Who are they going to beat? I don't think they're going to go 0-9. Who are they going to beat? They're going to beat somebody. They're going to surprise somebody. It's not out of the realm. So there's so much unknown. Then you throw in the transfer deal. What do we really know about these running backs from Oklahoma and LSU that the Utes have? All right, that's Oklahoma and LSU, man. That sure catches your eye, right? And are they going to be able to do it? Are they that good? They just didn't get a chance. I mean, that, that those two programs have premium talent. We know that. So are these kids, Curry and Pledger, are they are they that good? And they just they just need a shot. And at Utah, because of the circumstances of the unfortunate tragedy with uh, Ty Jordan and then the other guys, they didn't think they were going to play, so they all took off. And so it's a unique set of circumstances here. And the door is wide open, metaphorically speaking, as far as some kid to take it and run through it and get the ball and literally run through it, and is it going to be either of these two kids? I don't know. 
Where does it, where do they fit in? How do they fit in? And that's just the Utes. And I can go down the list with a bunch of other teams. SC had guys leave. Carr, I thought was going to be a great running back for them. Well, where, where do you go? Nebraska? Is that where? I believe you are correct. Yeah. Stephen Carr, remember him? I do. Uh, yeah. I thought he was good. And right. I was surprised yet he, he was leaves. gone. Right, yeah. yeah. And so what does that mean? But they got other kids that come into the program. And, and they have a history of bringing people in, and maybe he just saw the writing on the wall. So maybe there's somebody who's about to blow up, and he made a smart yeah, decision, but, even though we think he's good. And plus they were passing offense now. That's and, a factor, clearly. And so yeah. how does that Not. factor in? And I could go through every single team and look at kids coming into the program Kids leaving the program, uh, what and is what that going about, to be? And what you say about last year, this funky mini season that they played, which means there's essentially two recruiting classes waiting to break out, plus the transfers. That's a whole lot more fresh faces and doubt than we normally have. Now, the transfer thing we may get used to because that may become standard, but it's new right now, and maybe we'll adapt to it in the long run. And maybe ranking recruiting classes, which was already a little dicey, is about to be a ridiculous waste of time because there are going to be so many transfers. Right. Who could have a major impact or could end up being not very good enough for the Utes. You know, it didn't really matter. Let's face it, Bentley didn't play that well, and we're all hyped on him because he came from the SEC. Oh, my gosh. he didn't win the job, and then he had to be pulled in favor of a walk-on who saved their bacon as they rallied to win. And and if they would have lost, it wouldn't have mattered either way. I get it, but nonetheless, you keep the score. It was basically a throwaway season as far as that goes. It was going to be their last game, whether they went 2-3 and or 3-2 and last year. Who really cares? They weren't going bowling. They knew it. And it was... it was but the point is, an he didn't unusual play, situation. He didn't play well, not he, right. And else. so, what, if it would have been this year, that could be a big difference because this year we're expecting the twelve games, we're expecting a normal season, and so we hope for that for sure, and we expect it. And yet, it could be a significant addition, or it could be a significant positive or a significant negative. I don't know. And I don't even know if Charlie B's going to win the job because Rising did win it last year and their whatever limited camp they had, he looked really good and that's why he won it. And then I think he played 14 snaps. And Kyle has gone on record multiple times saying the kid is about 95% and over the course of the next three weeks should be uh, 100%. And, and the reality is he probably doesn't need to be 100% to beat Weber. Uh, 95 is probably good enough uh, for the first game. And then we'll see about the next week for the the Cougar game down there uh, in Provo, as far as that goes. But I'm really intrigued to see how all these questions, eventually they'll all be answered. That's the great thing about it, is all these questions that we have with these transfer kids coming in and out, you'll end up answering them. We'll know. And maybe Brewer is the guy. Uh, I, it's not like I have doubts, but I have, I, I guess I do have doubts I don't have doubts in his ability, but I don't care if he threw for 9,000 yards or whatever in the Big 12 because I view the Big 12 as playing offense in Colorado with the Rockies. Yeah, you said that to Britton Covey, and, and he got that. He signed off on it. I thought his breakdown of Brewer and what he does well, you know, Huntley with the pre-snap reads, and they've got the same offensive coordinator, and that seemed to work pretty well. So if the offense is really set up where, hey, we're going to craft that with the talent we have, we're going to craft a formation, and you're pretty much going to know where the ball needs to go when you step the line to scrimmage. If you've done your homework and if your face was buried in your playbook, you're going to know. 
Well, Huntley did know. By the time he was a senior and he had that offense down, he, he largely knew. I mean, if you don't know, you turn it over. And if you turn it over, Kyle's screaming at you on the sideline and yanking you out of the game. No, he had a kick about senior so, year. Right. He had a great senior year. So I thought that's like, well, if he's got what Huntley's got, it turned out pretty well with Huntley. Sure. Yeah. Now, Huntley had Moss running. And to your point, we don't really know. It sounds cool when guys come in from big-name schools, and I suppose that probably ups your chances more, but I learned to cool off on transfers really early when I was still calling UC Santa Barbara games straight out of college. They got a transfer from USC. Straight out of Compton? Straight out of college. Oh, oh, oh. And it got a, uh, <laughs> they got a transfer, and he is a 6'9 guy from USC in a league where 6'9 was a legit big man. And he couldn't crack an eight-man rotation. At best, he was guy nine. So mm. calm down on the transfers. All, all the coaches will tell you, if you hit on two-thirds of your recruits, you're good. If you hit on three-quarters, you're great. So when you see kids transferring from Michigan or Notre Dame or Oklahoma or any other brand-name program, well, are they transferring because they were buried on the depth chart by another five-star stud who's going to be a first-round draft pick? Or are they transferring because they're that quarter or third that mm, those coaches miss? You know, everybody at Alabama doesn't get drafted in the first round. Even Saban misses. He's got enough first rounders you don't really notice. So, who are these kids who are bouncing from Saban misses, but how about Mrs. Saban? Does she? Hey, oh. <laughs> don't even know what that means. So, I just make a noise and hope we can move on. Hey, oh. What does that mean? I don't know. Turn the page. Well, we know that programs, the wives are heavily involved and they could be an acid. My guess she doesn't miss because they they seem to turn out just all sorts of NFL guys. And you're right, not everybody can be, but they certainly. Uh, but they have a their percentage, percentage must be about like eighty five, ninety percent. They're Ted Williams, man. Nick's the, the last them, guy to hit four oh six. Rest of them, uh, I don't know. So I'm really intrigued to see how all this goes with these transfer guys that coming in and who is going to make a difference because there's going to be some guys. I think can make big differences in this conference that haven't played it down for their current team. How many of them are going to be skill position where we really notice, and how many are going to be that one extra offensive or defensive lineman who gives you depth and lets you rotate guys? It doesn't show up as the guy didn't come in and get eight sacks and we're all staring at him, but having one extra defensive tackle just mattered, and you didn't get worn down late in games because you're a little deeper. I think that's where transfers are going to help. I'd be surprised if transfers come in, blow up, and are the superstar with 10 sacks or 1,000 yards rushing or throwing 30 touchdown passes. Okay, well, then have the Utes, then they don't have a 1,000-yard rusher then, unless it's Bernard who's in the program, but they usually have 1,000-yard rushers. So if these guys split time or there's an injury and one guy runs for 700 and one guy runs for 800, I don't care. Yeah, if but neither that's, one that, of these a, guys. That, that, Kyle likes to use that line, but it ne- that never happens. If neither one of these guys <laughs> can average four and a half yards a carry, we're all going to care a lot. You got 4.1 guy and 3.9 guy over there. Eh, that's not really they how Kyle's They can talk been about done. them throwing the ball all they want, but if they don't have a thousand yard rusher, they're in trouble. Because, I mean, after there's, 15, there's probably, 16 years, he ain't changing. <laughs> Come on. He doesn't want to change. He may have to, but he doesn't want to. Well, I don't think he has to. Well, if the quarterback's really good and the running backs aren't, then maybe he has to. 
But that's back to your point about how but do we know? He hasn't had to put it that right. Way. He hasn't had to, but maybe this year the quarterback talent will be better than the running back talent, and they'd be better off throwing the ball more. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That'd be interesting. But I'm with you. It's not the way I would bet sitting here right now. But it's why this season is so interesting because you can't absolutely rule that out. And he'll know. He may hate it. He may have that internal conversation with him. I don't want to do this, but I don't really think the running backs are going to get it in the end zone. We're going to, all right, open it up. You know, that may be what he has to say to himself before he barks something into a headset. And also, too, this year, it's like the NBA to where we can normally pick one or two, three, four teams at the most. I think you can make a case for six teams having the ability to play in a Rose Bowl. You're really pushing it at six. I figured the way you were starting, you were going to say five, because I think four is pretty easy to say. So Morgan, I knew you pushed it to five, but I didn't know you were going to push it to six. Division. I know, right. I'm saying that was top easy. Three and in so, each division. So who is the third team in the North? Because Arizona Stanford. State is the third team in the South. Yeah, Stanford. And Isn't UCLA Calvary doesn't have though? the chance. Chip can't do it. Uh, I don't totally rule them, rule them out. I mean, they've been there. He's been there for three, four years. DTR now. It's about, it's about is, time, right? Yeah. you got a veteran quarterback, and you've loaded the roster with your guys. Just talking to him, you can see he has a level of confidence. They're Jake Scott's sleeper team, and maybe he'll be right. They're going to win games. I can tell you that much. They're going to beat somebody. You got them, what, 7-5? I haven't doped out their haven't schedule. Doped out yet? No, but they're going to win games. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, if you're joining us a little late this morning, just getting rolling here, uh, free agency starts today in the NBA. 4 o'clock Mountain, 6 Eastern. We had on Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, and PK asked a question, the kind of specific question that makes me think he knows more and he's letting on. We'll get to that next. See if we can pry it out of him. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. The pitch, swing at a high fly ball to deep left field. That goes Contreras to the warning track, to the wall, and it is Off a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Bang! Zoom goes Yadier Hernandez with a walk-off game-winning home run here in the bottom of the ninth inning into the visitor's there's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 4.50 on the Big Show, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right, PK, we had Dan Feldman on, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, and uh, we were discussing moves that could be made. He thinks it'll be a wide-open Western Conference next year. Uh, there are no uh, home runs where somebody's going to really lock it down the way we got used to for a while there with the Warriors. He does think Conley is coming back. You asked about some, uh, some other guys for the Jazz, and you specifically asked about Kelly Olenek. It's the kind of thing that makes me wonder, have you heard something, or that's just your research and you think he might be a fit? Oh, I, I, his name's out there, and uh, I think he might be a fit, yeah. For what, what they need, I like that man. Some size, he's got it. I don't like the man bun. Some three-point shooting. But an urban man bun guy. That's my personality. No, so, I don't mind the long hair, but the man bun. So two know. out of three ain't bad. Well. Size shooting man bun. Two out of three. <laughs> and if you got to live with one, that's the one you live with. 
I see. I think with that mid-level exception, if they choose to use it, and it's, I'm not telling the man to spend his money. Uh, he spends his money as he sees fit, and then he has every right to not or do whatever whatever he sees fit. And I'm speaking of uh, the owner, Mr. Smith. Whatever he decides, it's his money, and he's got the right to do with it 100% as he sees fit. But if they decide to go in that direction, I think they can get a player who can help them this very season. I don't think there's any doubt. I think they'll have people wanting. It won't be, will you take it? It'll be, can I take it? I don't doubt they'll have people wanting. The question is, will it be the people they want wanting? Yes. You know what I mean? They'll have choices. You have you have your list of three, and your top choice doesn't really want it, and your second choice doesn't want it, your third choice, so you're really kind of lukewarm on it. He wants it. Okay, that's one scenario. Now the one where you've got three people, and all three of them want it. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'll come. That's now you feel like you're dealing from a position of strength. I think they are dealing from a position of strength. Because why they, wouldn't they be? Because they got Donovan Mitchell and they got Rudy Gobert. And maybe by the time they're talking, these guys will have Conley locked down, and they'll know, hey, this is one of the better teams in the West. Well, they already know that. It already is. They don't need more proof on that. You think it still is if they lose Conley? I think Conley's coming back. I do, too. So I'm under the assumption I'm that under, Conley is I'm going to be assumption. in uni this season. But it is an assumption. It's not something I know. It's something I, I assume. I'm 90%. I, I agree. That's plenty good. Are you any odds in the betting world? If I give you ninety percent, you're taking it. You can't really in a football game have better odds than that. The doctor says you got a ninety percent chance of beating this potentially fatal disease. You take it. If it's potentially fatal, then I can't have a hundred, can I? <laughs> no, no, you can't. I've been yeah. there, not with me, but with somebody really close to me. I get it. And they said eighty percent, and I'm thinking, all right, I want ninety. Well, I want ninety-nine point nine. I like eighty better, and I like so ninety percent is as in mathematics, it's a given. And when I took geometry, that's the only question I could get right without cheating was the given one. (laughs) (laughs) I got one. (laughs) Everyone turns around with their number two pencil, looks at you. Right, right. We we all got one. So, (laughs) I believe. And I, I have believed this for years. NBA players are smart enough to look at the situation and say, that is a good situation. Yeah. No, oh, Derek Favors isn't the only guy. Not all of them are smart enough to say that. <laughs> You're never going to get 100% want. on anything. Agreed. I believe the ones that they want are going to be able to look at the situation and say, where do I? you got to fit, though. If you don't fit, you don't want to be there in the first place. It doesn't matter how much money you're going to get. But when it's wide open, by definition, if we take off our jazz, I I was going to say green and gold, blue, purple, they're wearing a lot of colors these days. If you take off your jazz glasses, you know, there are other situations that are good too. Because the person they want may be wanted by the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, don't mean to leave your team out, whoever, you know, that also have a legit chance. Yeah, great. So I don't know that, you know, to sit here and say, oh, they're going to get who they want. I hope their so, but chance I don't know it. is as good as anybody else's chance. And I'm speaking from the West. The West, I don't concern myself with the East because you got to get out of the West. You don't get right. out of the West. Who cares who you're playing? Right. As I look at the West, there's nothing that has changed my mind to say this team has peaked and is on the downside. To the absolute contrary, 
I can't say that. I can't even come close to saying that when your best player is 24 years old. It just doesn't make any sense. 34, 30, whatever, different story. But not 24 years of age. No, absolutely not. Who on, I mean, I don't think he had any legs in the, in the uh, last game, right? You were that, what, what, what are we down to? one. No, I don't. I don't think both of them. They were they nope. were fractured. Uh, nope. He had cancer of the ankle. You, he had all you sorts can make of stuff up to mock me all you want. <laughs> and you just made up something I've never even heard. But I don't want to repeat it and speak it into existence. Well, yet he overcame. That wasn't a thing until DJ said it. And now that. I'm hearing about it. I blame DJ. Thirty-nine, nine, and nine. If you want any more proof that this kid's a beast, oh all I gotta gosh. do is say he had no exposure. And he had 39, 9, and 9. Right. I don't need any more proof. Agreed. And yet he's only 24 years of age. So it makes zero sense to say this team has peaked. It just, it, there's no way it has. So there's going to be players. And yeah, there's going to be. I want competition because if I sign 25 recruits in football and they had no offers, what do I got? So I want there to be competition for player XYZ services. Because that means other teams want them. I don't want it to where, well, sure, yeah, okay, yeah we'll offer you because we ain't got nobody. Well, I'll take it because I ain't got nobody. <laughs> I mean, who wants that? So we're going to come out of free agency, whatever the heck happens today at 4 o'clock. And largely we think we know. Hopefully it'll be a surprise or two because those are fun. But largely we think we know, right? We think Kawhi Leonard's going to stay put. We think Mike Conley's staying put. We think Chris Paul is staying put. The only thing we, we know is Matt Lowry, Thomas is on the move. Yeah, he is. And we think Lowry is going to Miami in a sign-and-trade. Let him go. Right. But the point is that he's not coming to the West because there had been speculation about Dallas and New Orleans. And New well, Orleans seems it's like beyond the realm. For, agreed. But they signed Dragic. Is it set up for a sign-and-trade? If they do the sign-and-trade, then I think they can give him a fourth year, which for a guy in his mid-30s... <laughs> Feels like the, he's thirty-five. The jackpot. <laughs> well, again, you're thirty-five. You're getting four. No. Yeah, again, you're, you're right. The jackpot. Yeah, another jackpot. So that's three really good teams in the West, and you'd put Denver in that category if you knew they were going to have Murray back. And hell, we're not clear when he's coming back. And I'll tell you why Golden State will be in the mix too when we come back. All right, we'll do that next. DJ and PK, ninety-seven five at twelve eighty the zone.